Hello, we're excited to be together today. Welcome to the Sunday online service of the Desert Cities Church of Christ. We're beginning a four-week series called The Rescue Story that's going through and talking about four different people that were near Jesus when he went to the cross and ending up with our Resurrection Sunday service. When you think about being rescued, most of us don't feel like we need much rescuing. Maybe if I'm drowning, if I can't help myself, if I'm in a desperate situation, but most of the time, I'm not sure that I need to be saved. This reminds me of a story when I was 16. My nephew was over, and he was less than a year old, and he was going swimming for the first time. I was in the water. All the parents and grandparents were standing around, and we put him on a raft filled with sunscreen because we're very conscious of harmful UV rays and immediately he fell into the pool and ended it up at the bottom of the at the bottom and I just stood there flabbergasted and I totally froze I did nothing I just opened my eyes and was shocked as his father jumped in the water pulled him out and as we're all watching he lets out a big exhale and we realized for the first time babies hold their breath when they go underwater and he was great one of the main arguments in Jesus time was similar to the way we can feel that the Jews at the time didn't feel like they needed to be saved he said that he came and seek to seek and to save the lost but the hard part for many people was admitting hey I'm lost I need to be rescued by Jesus Again, in John 3, a verse that we're all familiar with, it says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. That's amazing. What That is great news that God came to save us because he loves us. The next verse, however, says whoever believes in him is not condemned But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in God's one and only Son. Even from the very beginning, Jesus saying that he came to save us because he loves us. I pray that you get that message from this series and from today. Let's start off with a short prayer. God, I pray with you that you be with our time today, that you get me out of the way, that you open up your word to us that we can truly be inspired and feel close to you and feel loved. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's story is called The Beloved, and it's about the Apostle John, one of those that was close to Jesus at the foot of the cross. In John chapter 19, it reads, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, Jesus took her into his home. This was an extremely stressful time in the life of all those involved. I know this time that we've been in has been a little stressful, but... If you consider what was going on at the cross for John and everyone that was there. His leader was dying. In the last few days, they had a last supper together where Jesus washed their feet. There was sadness. There was betrayal. 
there was talk of dying and they were confused by the Holy Spirit and how he was supposed to come to them. They watched Jesus before Pilate. They saw Barabbas get turned over to the people. And then they saw Jesus beaten almost to death. They followed him up the hill to Calvary where he was crucified, hung on a cross. And he lay there dying, praying, saving, and persecuted. And here in this moment, he takes time away from his own pain to think about his mother and ask John to take him in to her home. In just a few minutes, Jesus would cry, it is finished, and it would be over. What an incredibly stressful time, but even then, Jesus took the time to let, to take care of his mother. John here refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. What a great title. He must have felt amazingly secure with Jesus to know that he loved him that much. And it was his creative way not to put his own name in the gospel. He, everywhere he refers to himself, he says the disciple whom Jesus loved. John was about 20 years old at this time and he, must have, and he had a close relationship with Jesus. He was one of the first six disciples that Jesus called. And previous to that, he had followed John the Baptist. He is also entrusted here with taking care of Jesus' mom. What an amazing honor. And I want to thank a lot of you out there who these days are taking care of your parents and those in need around you. John was with Jesus and Peter and his brother for some key events that only they were there. For the raising of the daughter of Jairus in Mark chapter 5 and up on the mountain of transfiguration in Mark 9. I thought to my, I wondered to myself, why was none of Jesus' brothers and sisters that were mentioned not named here to take care of his mother? What about James, the great elder in Jerusalem? What about Jude, who wrote one of the books of the Bible? I'm not sure exactly why, but maybe they hadn't figured out that they were supposed to worship their brother at that time. But by Acts chapter 1, they came around along with Mary, his mother. Maybe Jesus knew that John was going to outlive them all, and so he would be the best choice to take care of his mom. Maybe John just was Jesus' favorite, and they had a special bond. Even at the Last Supper, he was sitting next to him. Maybe even this was the time when John figured out how much Jesus loved him because he gave him the honor of taking care of his mom. We're gonna, today we're going to flash back twice to two different scenes in John's life to take a look at how Jesus rescued the disciple that he loved named John. We'll start at or near the beginning when they first met. Point number one, he res rescued from the boat. John was rescued out of a boat. It wasn't a rescue boat. He was rescued from the boat. Jesus doesn't need a rescue boat. He controls the wind and the waves. They learned that during a storm at a different time. But today we're going to see when he called them out of the boat for the first time. In Mark chapter 1, he says, When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Just as 
Jesus had just had earlier called Peter and Andrew, he found James and John, and it says without delay he called them. Jesus was focused on his mission and his purpose, and he knew who he wanted, that he called James and John to follow him. Immediately they left their father in the boat and they followed him. You might think that might that could be considered disrespectful, especially in a time when family was super important, and it probably was this seen in that way in the beginning. But ultimately, James and John knew that this was their opportunity, this was their chance to follow Jesus, and they took it. Here he saved them from the boat of an ordinary life. He saved them from their path to a successful life and a fishing business with multiple boats and multiple employees. It seems like the family business was going very, very well. But Jesus called them to a better life. Did he save them from an easy life? Not really. They went through some amazing challenges, but it was easier because they had God with them through it. Was he saving them from catching fish? Yes. Maybe that would be a victory for a lot of us. We don't have to touch those fish anymore. But he called them to a higher purpose to catch people. They were saved to a spiritual life, not just a life on this earth. They were saved to a life that they were living with the goal in mind, thinking forward to heaven. And they were saved to a life of being with Jesus. What an amazing passion, purpose, and life of faith that they lived. Today, Jesus calls us to leave our boats and follow him. I'm not sure what that may mean for you, but for these guys, it meant changing careers. It meant leaving their family. It meant giving their life and trusting Jesus with their life. I'm not sure where you were when Jesus first called you. Did you delay It says, without delay, he called them, and immediately they left. At at times, we could be tempted to go back to our boats if things don't work out exactly like we promised, like we thought they should. And I'm sure they were tempted in the same way. But John made it all the way to the cross after this beginning of being called out of his boat. Point number two. Jesus rescued him from himself. We're going to flash back to a couple weeks before the cross as they were heading into Jerusalem. So they went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him, for Jesus. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. And they went on to the next city. This sounds absolutely crazy, doesn't it? Jesus is walking to the cross to save people's souls. And he gets rejected. And what do the guys want to do? They want to call fire down from heaven and just wipe everyone out. This sounds crazy, doesn't it? When you know your Old Testament, it may not sound quite as crazy as it sounds. Elijah, two different times when an evil king sent soldiers to apprehend him, did the same exact thing in Samaria, in the same area where they were. But Jesus 
looked at them and basically said, what are you thinking? That's not what we're all about. I'm going to die for these people that I love. I'm sure as John walked the rest of the way to Jerusalem, he was thinking about this scene and how he got rebuked by Jesus. Sure, he was fired up, he was zealous, but he he didn't love people like he needed to. Not even close to where Jesus was. He was going to experience a new level of love as Jesus went to the cross and prayed for those who who put him up there and and loved them to the very end, saving people that other people thought were not worth saving. John had a lot to grow in his compassion. And he had a lot of zeal, but I'm sure that that was going to get that could get him in a lot of trouble without Christ. At the foot of the cross, as he was there, he may have remembered Jesus' words where he said he could have called down thousands of angels to destroy everyone there and save him from this situation. But Jesus decided that our souls were more valuable than that and he loved us more than that. Ultimately, at the cross, Jesus rescued John and all of us from the consequences of sin, which is death. He was rescued from the life of sin and anger that it seems like may have troubled his life, ultimately rescued from himself. Where would you be without Christ? Where would you be if you let yourself go and didn't love people or didn't have a standard for your life? I know that could be a scary place for me and for many of us. Here in this moment, Jesus called John to take a deep look at himself and ultimately John chose love in the end, but it seemed like uh, he needed saving from himself. So many times we can feel this way. We can say to ourselves, I am fine. And I borrowed this from a 12-step slogan. Fine being freaked out, insecure, nervous, and emotional. Maybe that's how we are today. I am great. I am fine. And yet on the inside, we know that we need to be saved, that we need a peace that passes understanding. And ultimately, I believe that comes from Christ. And John found that out as he followed him, even in this stressful time. He saw Jesus at peace and he realized, I want that. I want to be saved from being fine in this way. Point number three, rescued from being alone. Jesus at the cross was alone and yet he was with God. I'm sure John being at the cross felt alone as he saw his hero dying. But Jesus gave him a new family member, his mother. He promised him the Holy Spirit that he was going to receive in about 50 days. And he gave him a fellowship that would never leave him alone. For my third point, we're going to flash forward about 30 years to the island of Patmos when John literally was alone. He was, he was in prison there for his faith. And yet we're all familiar with his famous book that he's written in Revelation. In Revelation 1.9 it says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice and and a trumpet which said, Write down what you see and send it 
to the seven churches. Here John was there on the island by himself, but he didn't feel alone. Here he writes, as your brother and companion, because he had lived his life of faith and he had seen so many others and been connected to so many along the way who had lived for their faith. And here he was even suffering because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. That he didn't deny Jesus, that he stood up for him. And he knew that his brothers and sisters around the world were doing the same thing. I'm so inspired that even though we are quarantined and alone, we are still connected by our faith. We're still connected to people who are striving to be close to Jesus. We're connected online. We're connected to people around the world in a lot of ways like never before because we have more time to think about how connected we really are. And he sent a message to the seven churches that in so many ways to six out of the seven wasn't that great that they were not in the place where God wanted them to be. He encouraged them, but he also challenged them to change or God would take away their lampstand. I wonder if now God is sending a message to his seven plus churches around the world that we all need to change, that we need to rely on him in a deeper way, that we need to get rid of our routines that can even take the place of our relationship with God, that we need to think about the world, think about others, and rely on him like never before. Maybe before you caught yourself saying, I don't have time to read my Bible. Well, we have time now. Well, I don't have time to keep in touch with people. Got a lot of time now. I don't have time to do all the things that God wants me to do. I'm so busy. I know I've said that to myself so many different times. And yet now we have all the time in the world. And God has given this our opportunity to be saved and to be with him and not be alone. As we take our communion here, just a few minutes after Jesus gave his mother to John, it's in, he says, when he received his drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. John was there to the very end. He was the only disciple left besides the women that were there. And he didn't even realize until three days later that this moment was going to change his life forever. Maybe he didn't realize that Jesus did, re- did save him from his boats. Maybe he didn't realize that Jesus had saved him from himself with this act and with these words saying, it is finished, your debt has been paid in full. Maybe he didn't realize what Jesus was saying, that I will be with you to the very end of the age, until later when he wrote those words in Revelation and he called himself a brother and companion of Christ and realized that Jesus made good on his promise that he has been with me to the very end. We want to encourage you now as we finish to spend some time praying together about how Jesus has rescued you. Thank him from the boats he called you out of and the sin that he forgave us from and how he saved us from ourselves. Thank him for the spirit that he's given us and the fellowship and the promise of heaven where we ultimately will never be alone because we'll be with Christ. Thank Him for those who have gone before us, even in a special way. In the next few days, 
Think about how Jesus rescued you and will and has saved you from your boats, from yourself, and from being alone. Let's pray now and we'll take our communion together. Jesus, thank you so much for this time to worship you, to look into your word. Thank you for rescuing us. Thank you that you thought we were valuable enough to come down here from heaven to save us. I pray that as we take communion that we recognize the body and blood that you shed for us and we honor you as we examine our hearts. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please visit our Facebook page for announcements, encouragement from the scriptures, and and to submit prayer requests. Below there will be a link for some songs you can worship God with together, information on how to give, and please check us out on the Desert Cities Church of Christ Facebook page to find other ways to connect. Thank you so much and have a great day.